Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. Open your Bible with me today to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. We're concluding a series on what do you do when it's not working? What do you do when it's not working? You know, when our kids were growing up, Christmas, we just went through Christmas, they'd get toys on Christmas morning, and then after the presents were open, guess what I got to do? Put them to, got to put them together, right? And so I'd work the rest of the morning trying to put them together, couldn't figure it out. So because I couldn't get it together, I finally went back to the directions, right? The manual to find out how to put it together. So that's what we're going to do today uh, on how, what to do when it seems like it's not working. What I'm going to do is uh, give you eight points. See, Pastor, we'll be here till the millennium. We'll make it quick, okay? And it'll be up on the board for you to snapshot it on your phone. But what do you do when it's seemingly you've done everything you know to do and it's not working? Eight things. We're going to look at eight things on what we should do. And uh, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 13, 5, and then Psalm 139, uh, some verses there. But, you know, I was thinking on what do you do when it's not working? We said last week you look at your life, or two weeks ago, look at your own life, right? And that's called self-awareness, self-awareness. Can you say that with me? Self-awareness. You really can't be helped until you're self-aware. You know, our, our Celebrate Recovery, 12-step programs, psychiatrists, we have them in our church, uh, psychologists, we have them in our church. I'm for all of that. But really, you and I can't help people in counseling until they become self-aware. Until I become self-aware, there's no road to recovery. You know what I mean by that, right? Take responsibility, open up, let God show me the areas of my own life that I need to adjust and correct. And uh, there's, a, there's a movie that came out in uh, 1977, I think, a Superman movie. I didn't get to go to it back then because I was part of a denomination that you couldn't go to shows. But I guess I got redeemed, amen. So <clears throat> anyway, uh, it came out Superman. I like those old Superman movies, but it, it kind of tells a story. You remember Superman? He was Clark Kent until he went into a phone booth, right? And he came out Superman. He came out with these super... Uh, human powers. But there's one thing about it that kryptonite, kryptonite was that one thing that could weaken, the kryptonite was the one thing that could weaken his strength. Well, all of us have some kryptonite in our walk with God that the devil uses and taunts us with to weaken our faith. So we're going to look today and try to discover what might be that kryptonite in our life that's weakening our faith. Let's watch the clip. I told you. That's kryptonite, Superman. Little souvenir for the old hometown. I've spared no expense to make you feel right at home.
You were great in your day, Superman. But it just stands to reason. When it came time to cash in your chips, this old diseased maniac would be your banker. Mind over muscle. You don't even care where the other missile's headed, do you? Certainly I do. I know exactly where it's headed. Hackensack, New Jersey. Cool movie. Cool movie. Finally got to see it 20 years later. Praise the Lord. I've been redeemed, amen. But, but you know, that kryptonite, there, all of us have that kryptonite that the enemy tries to hang around our neck to hold us back, to weaken our faith. It weakens Superman's strength, and that kryptonite will weaken our faith. So we want to discover, amen? So let's look at it, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine, everybody say examine. So you and I, as Christians, are to examine our life Daily, not 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, three months ago, daily habit. Examine, test, and evaluate yourself to see whether you are holding on to your faith and showing the proper fruit of it. Everyone say faith and fruit. They go together. If I'm a Christian, a real Christian, a real Christian, a real Christ follower, really been born again, there'll be fruit. There'll be fruit that my faith will produce in my life that I'm a true Christian. <clears throat> do not, do you not yourselves realize and know thoroughly by an ever-increasing experience that Jesus Christ is in you unless you are counterfeits on trial and rejected? Look at, the, look at the message translation. Test yourself to make sure you are solid, rock solid, church on the rock in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself to regular checkups. What kind of checkups? Regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence and not mere hearsay that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. That's what we're doing this weekend, right? We're doing something about it. Because we don't want this year to be the same as last year, right? Psalm 139. Let's go there. Oh, Lord, this is a prayer now that David prayed, and you and I need to pray every day. Oh, Lord, you've searched me, and you know me. Next verse, verse 23. Search me, oh, God. This is called being self-aware, opening up. God, search me. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. Verse 24. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me. So notice, search me. Know me, try me, and lead me. See the progression? That's the prayer you and I are to pray every day so there's no kryptonite in our life, so that it does work when we work it correctly. Next, guys. So number one, we looked at it two weeks ago. Under number one are five R's, five R's. So the first thing we need to do when it's not working is look at my life. Not my husband, not my wife, not my mom or dad, brother or sister, but look at my own life. It's called being self-aware. Under that, there are five R's. Can we put them up there, guys? Next, I don't want to remain the same. Can I have an amen? We don't want to remain the same. 
We don't want to be stagnant. We want to be like our sister said, keep moving forward. Number two, re-examine my life. Re-examine my life. Y'all are praying for my voice, right? Okay. So re-examine my life. Under that, we said re-examine your relationships with people, with time, your priorities, with money, with your resources. Re-examine every relationship in your life. Then C, removal of anything that's blocking God's best. We don't want any blessing blockers in our life. We're looking at our own life, self-aware. Next, renewal. Renewal of purpose, passion, and productivity. People who get burnt out, you know, I've been here 40 years. I've never been burnt out, not one time. I've got weary, but never burnt out. There's a difference between being weary and burnt out. You get burnt out when you lose sight of your purpose. That's huge. That's a good amen right there. You, you get burnt out when you lose sight of your why, why you're on the earth, why you're taking up space. When you lose sight of your purpose where you work, work is a drudge. It's a drag. It's a downer. But if you have a renewal of your purpose and passion that goes with it, you will be productive. It will work for you when you work it. Next, the fifth R is repentance. Repentance. Can you say that with me? Repentance. Now, I grew up in the church, and I, I, a lot of times growing up in the church, that was kind of seen as a negative word, a negative term. But I want to tell you, it's not negative. It's very positive, the word repent. Do you know in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus' first sermon publicly, his first word was repent. Did you know that? Repent, for the kingdom of God is nigh. Repentance, if you're a note taker, I'd write it down, is a change, a change of thought or mind and heart. It's a change of mind and heart and direction for your life. If I've really repented, then my mind and my heart and the direction of my life is changing. You know, we're really blessed. You know, last weekend we had a guest, but the two weekends before, we averaged 100 decisions in our weekend services. Over 100. Come on, let's give God praise. Now, we call them decisions because that's integrity. Some people are resetting their life, re recommitting their life. But that includes here, online, our Spanish church, our children's ministry, and our youth ministry. Over 100. That's so cool. In January, each weekend. But they really haven't repented if there hasn't been a change of mind and a change of heart and a change of direction in their life. No real repentance until there's a change of mind, a change of my heart, and a change of direction in my life. If I go back out and keep thinking the same thing, doing the same thing, hanging with the same people, going in the same direction, I really didn't repent. I was just moved emotionally. So uh, let's look at this Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. I, I want you to see the definition of repentance. Now, this is on the day of Pentecost, and this is Peter with the first sermon, the apostle Peter. And Peter answered them and said, what's the first word? 
Repent. What's the first word? Repent. I can't hear you. What was it? Repent. Bible interprets Bible. So what does it say? Change your views and your purpose and accept the will of God for your life. So repentance is changing your views or thoughts or attitudes or perspective and your heart and your purpose to accept the will of God. If I've really repented, I no longer want my way. I want God's way. If I've really repented, really changed my perception in life, my view on life, I don't want to do what I used to do. I don't want to go where I used to go. I don't want to hang out with who I used to hang out. I'm going in a new direction. To really repent is to surrender my will to his will. Surrender my purpose to his purpose. Surrender my life to his call, his destiny, and assignment for my life. That's real repentance. Did y'all see it in that verse there? I'm not making it up, right? Repent, change your views and your purpose, and accept the will of God, the call of God, and stop rejecting it. Stop rejecting it. If I've really repented, if I really got born again, I will no longer reject God or the church or the family of God or the will of God for my life. Everything changed and is changing. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So that's number one. I look at my life. I investigate so I can navigate. Amen? Number two, look at my confession. If it's not working, I want to look at my mouth. What am I saying? What am I speaking? What am I declaring? What am I decreeing? Am I working with God with my mouth? Or am I working against God with my mouth? So I look at my confession, and you and I are the gatekeeper of our mouth, our eyes, and our ears. We are responsible. So I'm going to look at my confession. I can't talk contrary to the word and the word work. I can't talk contrary to the word and the word work. Number three, if it's not working, I ask myself on this checklist, do I have a promise? Do I have a promise? Because his promises are his will. And it has to be his will in order for you and I to have faith to believe it'll come to pass. So do you have a promise for what you're asking for? Number four, are you fully persuaded? That means nobody can talk you out of it. You know, I've been here 40 years. I've seen people come and come to the front and make a decision, but then I don't see them anymore ever come back because they listen to somebody. They listen to the wrong people and they persuaded them to go in the wrong direction. If I'm fully, if I'm fully persuaded, no one can talk me out of it. Time can't talk me out of it. Disappointment can't talk me out of it. Critics can't talk me out of it. My family and my friends cannot talk me out of it. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. And being not weak in faith, kryptonite weakens our faith like kryptonite weakened the strength of Superman. What is the kryptonite, that thing hanging around your neck, the devil is using to weaken our faith? Be not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. 
It was impossible for her to have a child in the natural. Verse 20, he staggered not at the what? Promise of God. You have to ask yourself, if it's not working, are, are you standing on a wish, a hope, a dream, or a promise? You have to have a promise to claim and hang on to. He staggered not the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Everybody say strong faith. Okay. Now, what is strong faith? Next verse, verse 21, being fully persuaded. Strong faith is being fully persuaded. Are you fully persuaded or are you wavering at how long it's taking? What people are saying doesn't look like it's working. Are we fully persuaded, won't waver, won't budge, won't compromise, won't make a concession with the promise God gave you? What to do when it seemingly looks like it's not working? Be fully persuaded. No one can talk you out of it. Next, number five, I ask myself on this list, when it looks like it's not working, who am I running with? All the scriptures are on the back, by the way, for you. Who am I running with? The law of association. You pick up the spirit of the people you fellowship with. You pick up the spirit. We are spirit beings. Am I right? We all carry a spirit. The people you hang with, you pick up their spirit. Are you with people who bring out the best in you or the worst in you? Are you with people who believe in your dream? who believe in what God has said over your life are people who want to talk you out of it. If it looks like it's not working, what do I do? Look at my associates, friends, peers, and who I'm running and hanging around. Number six, am I helping anybody? Am I walking in love and forgiveness? Am I walking in love and forgiveness? If I'm mad, angry, enraged over the social media, what someone said or didn't say, if I'm offended, it won't work. If I'm offended, the word won't work. John Bevere wrote a book called The Bait of Satan. Remember that? The Bait of Satan. And what was it? Offenses. If I'm holding on to a grudge, something 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, or last night, it won't work. So I have to ask myself, am I walking in love and am I forgiving daily? You got to forgive. You get to forgive you have to forgive. You want to forgive daily, right? Forgive us this Lord's Prayer. Forgive us this day. Every day, you're going to have to walk in forgiveness. Look at Mark chapter 11, Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Verse 23, he talks about saying to your problem. Everybody say saying. Verse 24 it's praying. He says, therefore, I say unto you, what things you desire when you pray. Verse 23 is not a prayer. Verse 23 is saying, releasing your authority. Verse 24 is praying. And then look at verse 25. And when you stand praying, get mad. Get even. Get back. Put it on social media. And when you stand praying, forgive. What's he saying? If I won't forgive daily and let it drop, it won't work. If I'm holding on to an offense, it won't work. So 
he said that we need when we're speaking our confession or when we're praying a petition. If I want it to work, I can't stay mad. I can't stay angry. I can't hold a grudge. I can't get even. If I'm still angry, mad, and offended, that's your kryptonite. Am I helping anybody? I sure do love you. I want to help you, okay? This is going to be the best year of your life. Amen. Next, number seven. I look at my praise and thanksgiving. If it seems like it's not working, I look at my praise life and my thanksgiving. Do you know Jonah? Y'all remember Jonah in the Bible? He ran from God. He was in Whale University. Right? He was in a whale of trouble. I'm trying. I'm really trying. This 11 o'clock service. And, and you know what? It's, it says when he offered up the sacrifice of Thanksgiving, everything changed. That the whale vomited him out, or the big fish vomited him out on the shore. When? Only when he offered up the sacrifice of praise. So I have to ask myself, am I grateful? Am I thankful? Or do I focus on what I don't have, what I can't do, where I can't go? Am I comparing myself to other people and what they have and what I don't have? Am I unthankful, have no gratitude, always complaining about not enough, can't do it, won't happen? If that's it, that's our kryptonite. That's our kryptonite. And so it's very important then to look at our praise life. Let everything that have breath, put your hand up in front of your mouth, and can you feel anything? If you can, that includes you. Breath. Get it? Breath. Let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it's on the board for you. In everything, not for everything. Not for everything. But in everything, give thanks. For this is what? Thanksgiving and praise gets you in the will of God. Thanksgiving and praise gets you in the will of God. And my brother and sister, we need to be praising God more this year than we did last year. You need to, you need to evaluate so you can navigate. If you're still having the same praise amount of time that you had a year ago, you're not going to go forward. You're not even going to go forward at all. We have to increase in every area of our life. So look at my praise and my worship. Sunday is a primer. When we get together for 25 minutes of praise and worship, it's a primer to prime the pump of praise. Our response as believers today should be what? In everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. And then number eight, I think number eight, am I walking in obedience to God's word? Am I obeying the last thing God told me to do? As our team comes out, obedience brings blessing. Obedience creates movement. Disobedience creates stagnation. Obedience creates movement. Disobedience brings stagnation. Am I walking? Did I obey the last thing God told me to do? Am I walking in obedience to God's word? Scripture for that is Psalm 1, verse 1, 2, and 3. What's the first word? Tell me, church. Blessed. How many of y'all want to be more blessed? Blessed is the man or the woman that you don't walk in the council, who you hang with, the ungodly, nor you stand in the way of sinners, nor you sit in the seat of the scornful. Do you all see three types of people? Ungodly, sinners, and scornful. Ungodly, sinners, and scornful. 
And it says, don't hang with them. If you want the word to work, if you want to prosper with the word, don't hang with them. And then notice it says, first you're walking, then you're standing, then you're sitting. You don't go forward overnight and you don't go backward overnight. It's progressive. But you need to be careful and intentional every day. Verse two, but your delight is in the Bible. And in the Bible, do you meditate? Everyone say meditate day and night. That's a habit. One year Bible day and night, day and night. Verse three, and you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth what fruit. So notice that my fruit is connected to my roots. Your roots are your daily habits. Your daily habits create your character. And your character or lack of it is the foundation for your life. I'm going to go through that again. Your, your roots are your daily habits. Your daily habits make up your character. Your character or lack of it is the foundation for your life. Your root system. So the root system is you and I in the one-year Bible, you and I in the Word meditate day and night, night and day. And then we obey what we've read, right? That bringeth forth fruit in your season, your leaf will not wither. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do will prosper. Can we have a praise break and thank God for his word for that? Now, let, let me give you the formula real, real quick. The guys have it on the screen. Number one, separation. Let's say it. Separation. So he said, don't hang with the ungodly, sinners, or scornful. Three levels. So you got to come out from among the world and be separate. What's that say? If I compromise as a Christian, that's your kryptonite. Compromise robs you of prospering in God's way. So separation and then number two, saturation. Saturation, are you soaked with social media or are you soaked in the word? You know by what comes out first when you're under pressure. You know by what comes out first if you're under pressure. So meditate in the word day and night, night, day. We saturate ourselves with what does the word say? And then number three, application, application. The word does me no good unless I apply it. Here's how church is supposed to work. I grew up in the church and my dad was a deacon. My mom was a Sunday school superintendent. And my mom and dad would study what our pastor taught on Sunday all week long. My mom and dad would study in our house, bring it up, talk about it, look at scriptures, cross-reference of what the pastor taught on Sunday. If you want to get the most from my teaching, don't let it lie when you leave here today. You take it home. You look at your notes. You cross-reference it. You look at a strongest concordance. You get out a commentary. You get out different translations of the Bible, and you'll go deeper and get more out of every one of my teachings. If you never go back to my teaching after I taught it, you're going to miss out on what it could produce in your life. I'm not blessed by what I hear or going to church. I'm blessed in what I apply from God's word, right? And then last, and here's what we all want, transformation. You're going to prosper in your marriage, your ministry, your career, divine connection, divine provision. We looked at it at the, at the offering time. So you got transformation, and that's what we all want, right? We declare this is going to be the best year of our life. We want the best the land has to offer. 
right? Like Pharaoh gave to Joseph's family. Now, with all that said, eight things to look at if it's not working when the word or Christianity isn't working. Now, let me end with this. When we look at a checklist, and there are more than eight, but when we look at a checklist and we go down through it, and we're okay, we don't see any kryptonite. Or then we, we repent and get rid of that kryptonite, and it's still not working. I want you to know it is working. Okay? It is working. Don't you, don't you, know, don't you know that Joseph, when he was in the pit, he was thinking, what happened to my dream? It's not working. Right? Remember, at 17, he had a dream, right? At 17, he was selfish. At 17, he was prideful. He went and boasted before his brothers. At 17, uh, his character had lots of flaws in it. So don't you think that he might thought, boy, this dream you gave me, God, here I am working for Potiphar, and, and I'm doing everything right, and his wife tries to seduce me, and I say no, but I'm thrown into prison for 10 years. Don't you think while he was in this cell, He's thinking, that dream God gave me, that promise, it ain't working. Don't you think? And then he gets out of that, you know, and he comes out, and he still has the head reunion with his family. Don't you think the devil tempted him with, it's not working? But do you know it was working all the time? It was wor- the promise, the dream, it was working all the time. God was using experiences. God was using people. God was using each season and chapter of his life to do what? Why did it take 13 years? He was 17 in the pit. He was 30 in the palace. It took 13 years to do what? It was working the whole time. Didn't look like it was working. Looked like God rejected him. Looked like to give up on it, but he didn't. And what was God doing? Working on his character. Even though it may look like it's not working, it is working. And pastor, why is it taking so long? God's working on your character. Because... Joseph couldn't handle at 17 the dream God gave him. So here's the formula. Here's the process. God gives you a promise. Everybody say promise. And what follows that is process. The process is the character building seasons of your life. When you know the why of the season you're in, you walk through that season. When you know the why of the season you're in, you walk through the season as an overcomer. The Bible says in Ecclesiastic, for every season, there's a purpose. For every season, there's a purpose. Whether you're in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90, for every season, there's a purpose. When you know the purpose of the season you're in today, it propels you through that season. So I just want you to be encouraged today as you look at your checklist and get rid of the kryptonite. And then the devil comes and says it's not working. Tell him to get in Jesus name, because what God is doing is rearranging people, rearranging events, preparing experiences to develop your character. So when it comes to pass, you'll be promoted. Promise process comes to pass promotion. Y'all get something today. Can we thank the Lord for the word? Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And those of you online right now, it's not an accident you're watching. And you'd say, Pastor, I need God. I want God. 
I've tried to run my own business like Peter without God. I need God in my boat. I'm going through seasons of my life and I don't know the why. I need to know the why. I need to know the God behind the why. Pastor, I just need to turn it all over to the Lord. Could be the very first time or a reset. But if that's you online, punch the button on your smartphone, your computer, your iPad. Faith is an act. You got to do something. Here in the room, Rock Express and the lobby, nobody's going to come to you, but faith is an act. And this is not an accident. A lot of you are going through a season where, why did this happen? Why didn't it happen? This, that, and the other. And you need God right in the middle of your circumstance. Some of you have never given your life to God. And today's the day for you to do that as you begin a brand new year with brand new opportunities. Or you're a Christian, you love the Lord, but God's dealing with you on some kryptonite. You need to get rid of it and reset. Wherever you're at, it's between you and the Lord. But you say, Pastor, would you keep me in this prayer? Include me in this prayer. Lift your hand up high, would you? Every section, just lift it up high. Wave it at me. Never be another time just like this one. Wave it high. Faith is an act. Put your hands down. Church, let's pray this prayer all together. Heavenly Father, I repent. I changed my mind, changed my heart. I want to go in a new direction. I surrender my life to your will, your call on my life. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for me and he rose again. Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look up and celebrate with the angels as the host comes. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.